0: Hi, friends. I'm Katie Brinkley, and you're listening to Rocky Mountain Marketing. With nearly two decades helping business owners, consultants, and coaches with their digital marketing, I know that social media can be an incredible tool to grow your business when you know how to do it the right way. And that's what we're going to do today. I teach you how to navigate the world of entrepreneurship and digital marketing, and hopefully you'll grow your business with a few great tips you wouldn't have known otherwise, and maybe even discover a great local business you love. Let's dive into today's episode. Now, for those of you that are regular listeners of the podcast, you know how much podcasting means to me. I love having this podcast so much so that now I do two episodes a week of the Rocky Mountain Marketing Podcast, and then I also do a ton of podcast guesting. And I think that podcast guesting is something that a lot of us really haven't thought about as a lead generation for lead gen we, we tend to think of paid ads and google search and seo but podcast guesting is a great way to get your name out there and grow your business i've been on over a hundred podcasts in the past three years and it's done amazing things I've, I've built incredible connections i've had amazing opportunities to really meet a lot of people And that's what I'm gonna be doing today. I'm gonna be talking with Dustin Reichman, and he is a serial entrepreneur and an online marketing expert. He actually specializes in helping mission-driven solopreneurs add six figures to their bottom line by telling the right stories on the right podcasts. Everything he teaches is based on real-world experience from his clients and from his own online business, which is very successful, and he and I have actually i been talking a little bit here before I hit record about you know, getting out, you, know, you went out uh, boating this past weekend and just kind of wrapping up all the fun summer things. For growing our businesses, especially as entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, one of the things that we wanna do is have more time. And if you're guesting on podcasts, this is a great way to one, do networking, but then, like I said, grow your business. So I'm really excited for today's conversation with Dustin because he is going to tell us all his secrets for podcast guesting for profits. Dustin, thank you so much for joining me on Rocky Mountain Marketing today.
1: My pleasure to be here katie i'm really excited this is one of my favorite topics and uh, yeah you, you have one of my favorite podcasts so it's definitely an honor <laughs> to be here and to be able to, to share with the audience whatever secrets i can provide
0: <laughs> yeah well and i feel like it is kind of a secret dustin that so many people don't really even think about podcast guesting when you talk about podcasting they think oh i have to start a podcast that seems overwhelming so right. talk to us a little bit about how podcast guesting is i feel like i kind of might have Hyped it up a bit, but why do you think podcast guesting is such an incredible tool for your business?
1: Absolutely, yeah. I don't think you hyped it up at all, actually.
0: Okay, great. <laughs> We're kind of on the
1: same time frame. I, I got into this podcast guesting world about three years ago, also. But maybe to give some people context of like how I got into this and started to systematize it and really start getting strategic about it, I can just talk a little bit about how I got into it in the first place. In 2020, the notorious 2020, my COVID story was actually what <laughs> yep. pulled me into the podcast guest. I'm a partner in a physical products brand called Fire Creek Snacks. So we sell healthy meat sticks, basically. And a big part of our marketing for a couple of years was going to trade shows. We travel to trade shows. I've sampled like over 5,000 people toe-to-toe, like this meat stick and give me your feedback it was extremely helpful and extremely tiring as an introvert but very effective in 2020 i was literally driving from st louis to chicago to a trade show and got the call on the way there that it was canceled due to this weird you know illness that was going around and i was like oh this is not good and i also had some marketing clients at that time so i came back And within the course of a couple weeks, I lost half my marketing clients. Our entire marketing plan was kind of out the window with fire Creek for how we were growing it through these trade shows. I thought, what in the world are we going to do? So sort of out of desperation, I knew that I'd listened to a lot of podcasts and lots of founders were being interviewed. I thought there's got to be something to this. So in summer, 2020, I pitched my first podcast, you know, completed it. it was basically a business podcast talking about how we brought this product online. So a very untargeted audience selling $2 meat sticks, but it was like a huge success in in my eyes because we sold some product. It helped me really start to refine the story and and how to share this with people. As I did this over and over throughout the rest of 2020, what I realized is, I think you already alluded to in a big way, is actually the relationships that grew out of that that really changed my whole world. Not to over exaggerate, like literally now, and I think three years later, all of the online relationships I have Pretty much all can go back and be traced to some podcast interview I've done, right? And it could be like you and I met through a mutual connection who found me initially on a podcast. Hopefully someone listening today will say, hey, I really like Dustin's story and I want to collaborate with Dustin. And they'll connect on LinkedIn and, and we'll have another chapter in the story. But it's a great channel and we can unpack all the reasons why. Direct sales being one, of course, but really that relationship building aspect of it, I think is the magic. If there really is a magic, it's the intentional building of relationships through podcast guesting that build on the more obvious benefits like direct sales, SEO improvement, you know, long long tail sales. There's lots of reasons to do podcast guesting, but I, I really feel the relationships are where a lot of the gold are.
0: Well, I love that you talked about how you we both were during the 2020 decided to go all in on podcasting because that's something that we all missed when we were working from our basements, working from our home offices was going out and meeting new people. I know that for me, some of the podcast connections I've made, I have turned into friends, they've turned into business referral, like power partners. There's been so many podcasts that one introduction will lead to another and it's an entirely different way of networking, because I think a lot of us think of networking, I mean, we have to go and hand out a business card when, right. okay, now we've, now we've networked, but this is an entirely different way of getting to know somebody, Dustin, you had shared your voting story. I've shared my technical difficulty issues with you. We know a little bit more about each other now <laughs> right. that isn't going to happen just through a email introduction thread. There's a way of getting to know somebody in a more intimate way, like you said, By going on a podcast and that's where a lot of people might not necessarily realize that the host is a great person to network with. And it's not, it might not just be for the business of the listeners.
1: Right? Yeah. It is about the listeners also. Maybe this is a good time to talk about like, so I kind of introduced how I got into this and then did it dozens of times for fire Creek snacks specifically. Basically, the evolution of what happened from there was people started hearing those stories on business podcasts, marketing podcasts, Shopify sort of podcasts. And then what happens is people say, well, how did you do that? Or that was a really interesting offer or your story was really compelling. And people start to reach out to connect. And that brought me into this whole world of coaching. So what happened in coaching people through this is I started to realize... of the nuances and some of the strategic side of this at the end of the day the the big takeaway i want people to get is if you do this you do it right you do it kind of at scale you can absolutely build amazing relationships grow your network i think that's the biggest benefit but to get there of course you have to go through kind of the tactical side of how do you actually do this and how do you like get here in the first place Uh, an interesting or a helpful paradigm for people is how you think about the audience what you just said was really key Uh, it's not just about the listening audience and it obviously they're the primary person. If, if I said, Hey Katie, I want to come on uh, your podcast, the thing that you're going to care most about is how can I give value to your audience, right? So that's always first and foremost. However, there's actually a lot more to it than that. And so I talk about this like a three-layer cake. It's kind of a funny analogy, but if you think of like the base layer of a wedding cake or whatever, it's typically really wide, but it's kind of the shallowest piece because it's the base of the whole thing. I think of that as the audience, right? It has the most people, but each of them probably has the least impact on my business or my brand building because they're anonymous, they're kind of out in the ether, and unless I make them like become visible to me, it's kind of hard for me to communicate them with them. But we do want to do that, right? That's like Mm -hmm. podcast guesting 101 is connect with the audience, give them something of great value, and hopefully get them to come over and connect with you, get on your email list, et cetera. But that's just layer one. Layer two, right on top of that, is narrower, but deeper. I talk about that as like peer-to-peer relationships. And so that's absolutely the host-guest relationship. If we have a great conversation, we get to know each other, we see opportunities to refer work to each other or to, hey, let's meet up at this conference we're both going to and we can deepen that relationship. That's really important. But there's also a lot of other peer-to-peer relationships, as an example. Let's say i do podcast guesting and someone listening is like a ninja at helping people through podcast hosting just as a really simple example well we may want to partner up because i don't try to help people grow their podcasts as a host i really help people as a guest and so that's just a nice complementary peer-to-peer relationship where we could collaborate work together do a joint webinar share email lead magnets that sort of thing but that's like level two and then level three the very top of the cake in my world is why we call like high ticket prospects. If you're an agency or you're running masterminds or you do coaching, like you have some higher level offer, podcast guesting is actually a really good way to fill your pipeline with those leads. Now those leads are the narrowest, but they can be the deepest cuz like one great client coming out of a podcast opportunity, podcast guesting opportunity specifically. make the whole thing well worthwhile. I really think of three different audiences anytime I'm on a show and I think about how can I call out to them? How can I serve them after the show? How can I leverage each of those opportunities, right? And really get the most benefit for each of those groups. And of course, for my business as well, by being strategic in how we structure the interview and who we're speaking to in the interviews. The middle of that cake, you do not want to miss the host. Relationship, But then there's a lot of other kind of nuanced relationships that most people just don't see or they don't think about, they don't address. But that's a big part of what we do is not only help people get on shows, we can talk about like our, our approach to that. But then when you're on one and it's a great fit and you have an awesome time, what do you do with it, right? To really get the most benefit for your business.
0: I think that that is one of the biggest things that so many people miss with podcast guesting. Like I said, I've been on over about a hundred over the yeah, past years. I've only years. been on
1: like 70 and I'm the podcast yeah. guesting guy, but it's,
0: <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a lot. But I mean, I have an entire spreadsheet of the name of the show, the name of the host. When I shared the podcast with my email list, last time I talked to them and I go through... And like, I have this entire spreadsheet of, okay, this is possible power partner, a mate, good opportunity to be a guest on their show. Again, it's all in this elaborate Google sheet, <laughs> but it allows, it's a, basically a CRM for my podcast guest right. appearances. And it allows me to stay in touch with people because it, I can't tell you how many times I'm like, man, that was such a great conversation. I wonder how s- Dustin's doing or what he's even up to your business might have changed uh, in a, a year from now. And you might be offering something else where, hey, I would be a great person for you to, again, come back on the show and talk about what you're doing. But if you don't have that continued relationship, you don't follow up and actually try and get to know who it is that you're on the show for. I, I think that you're missing out on a huge opportunity.
1: Yeah. I mean, hundred percent, I have something similar and I'm sure beyond- a
0: little bit better than, than my massive yeah, like, Google. I, I mean, what you
1: have is <laughs> actually exactly what I started with was very much like, again, I, I try to reach out to have a connection with the listeners and the audience and invite them over into my world. But the direct connection I always have when I do this well is with the host, right? And so mm-hmm. maintaining that relationship, doing something really, if people are listening, they want like one takeaway. Next time they're a guest on a show, go leave a five-star iTunes rating for the host. Yes. And let them know you did that. And when the episode comes out, yeah, share it with your email list, post it on LinkedIn or whatever social media you're active on believe it or not, and you're a host, you'll be able to probably confirm this. That's going to put you in like the top 5% of guests because so many people just don't do those sort of like basic things. And it's going to make you stand out as a guest and be like, Katie's an awesome guest. He left me a five-star review. He connected me with another great guest. If you do that, even those basic things well, it's going to definitely take that relationship to a much deeper level and open up more opportunities for you to do further guesting. And again, I think you would attest to the fact that as you know, there's 2 million podcasts, it's this, this massive world, but the reality is this is an extremely tight knit community. And once you mm-hmm. make inroads there and you start to develop some relationships, it's very easy to continue to build relationships within this community and really become a known quantity in the podcasting world. Even if you don't have a show, I'm, I'm going to be like launching my own show soon, but for three years plus I've only guessed it. Yet I'm speaking at PodFest. I'm speaking at other events in the podcasting industry. I'm speaking at PodFest.
0: We should get together at PodFest. We'll be Podfest. there in Orlando 2024.
1: <laughs> yeah, January 2024. Yep. I'll see you there. I'll be there speaking about guesting. Nice. But just as a, an example, I went there last year. I didn't know anyone. I got to know Chris, the organizer of the event. I got into some really cool rooms, met some really like profitable, great partners for my business. So this year, like I've capitalized in a really cool, big way from... Just showing up as a unknown guest, a attendee at PodFest, and a year later, I'll be speaking there, I know the owner, and that just speaks to the power of the community, and just being of value to people and being cool and making introductions, Like it, it's a very rich, connected community to be a part of. If someone's a little yeah. shy and they're like, yeah, I don't know, I, I definitely encourage people to make that leap and, and be a guest because it's very approachable, and we, you know, we can talk about the process and kind of how this works. but. It's definitely something you can do if you're a business owner and there's zero downside, right? It doesn't cost anything. You're going to build some good relationships if you even do it, you know, halfway right? There's so much upside. That's what's cool about it. I talk a lot about the analogy of like planting seeds. With relationships reaping and sowing this idea that i can every podcast i'm on i'm planting a bunch of seeds right with the listeners with the hosts with the other guests and these other strategies that we use what's cool about that is some of those seeds will sprout right away maybe someone will like buy a coaching program or join my mastermind i'm like wow that was great in the previous business buy a meat stick like great someone bought a (laughs) fire creek snack but then a year later two years later like these other really crazy things can happen because these yep. seeds sometimes take a while to sprout, but when they sprout, it's like the proverbial mustard plant or the bamboo shoot. It's like, well, where'd that come from? I'm like yeah. Fire Creek, we're in Walmart. We've had like half a million dollar purchase orders from the largest subscription box company in the country, all because I was on a podcast that led to a relationship, that led to an introduction, which led to these crazy opportunities that I could yep. never predict in advance, but they would have never happened had I not planted the seed by being on those shows.
0: Exactly. You said it yourself the opportunities that have happened because of podcasting and in your case, podcast guesting are astronomical. If listeners are sitting here saying like, all right, you guys have sold me on how amazing it is to be a guest on a podcast. How do I even get on a podcast and which podcast should I search out? How do you find these podcasts that will have me on?
1: Absolutely. So I think it'd be helpful. I'm going to, really quickly talk about like the five steps, the strategy we always use. It's a five-step framework. I think that'll give people a lot of context and step two in that is actually finding the right shows, right? But before that step one, and these are five P's to hopefully make them easy to remember, so I'll just go through them and I'll go back to each one real quick. Number one is purpose. Number two is plan. Number three is pitch. Number four is perform. And number five is profit, which is my favorite P there's five P's (laughs) and so We start with a plan and that's getting really specific about why would you want to be on a podcast in the first place, right? So depending on your business model, depending on your goals for the year, it could be just email list growth. It could be, I want to connect with an influencer. I just want the relationship with the host. Like that could be a Mm -hmm. totally valid reason to land a guesting opportunity. There's lots of different reasons to be on it, on a show. I always start with that because people immediately start saying, which show should I be on and be like. What do you want out of it? (laughs) That's gonna tell me a lot more about why you should do it. So we always work with the founder or the solopreneur and we really get clear on like KPIs, measurable results. What do you want out of this channel? That's step one. And then step two, which is plan is basically, okay, now I know what my goals are and what I'm trying to do. Now, which shows will meet those goals, right? We have a whole process for this, but a really cool tool that anyone could go play around with right now is listennotes.com. It's yes. a free tool. It's basically Google for podcasts, right? So if you put in Katie's name. We are name, a top
0: 1% on um, Yes, of there you go. Yeah. <laughs> and then you
1: can, yeah, you can see like relative ratings for different size shows. But it's cool about it, if you put in my name, you're going to see all the shows I've ever been on. If you put in Katie's name, you're going to see all the shows she's been on as well as her own episodes. You can put keywords in there. It's a really fun tool to start like discovering opportunities. That's step two is plan. We go through a whole process of grading them and estimating their size and then we have a whole prioritization spreadsheet we use but in a basic sense it's like finding the shows that would serve my business needs and where I'd be a good fit like where could I come provide unique value and fill like a a content gap for that host that's step two is plan step three is pitch the reality is you and I got introduced to each other and that was great but 90% of the time when someone's on a podcast, it's because they asked the host to be on it, right? There's this mystery where everyone's like, well, they must have been in a conference together. or They're childhood friends. And that's how they got on. That's how they got interviewed. No, for the most part, people are pitching the shows, but not pitching them in a cold, icky, gross way, like most people would think, like doing it in a warm, cool, compassionate, compelling way. And so there's like a whole kind of art and science to that. And we have a framework that I'm happy to walk through. But the bottom line is once you know... Number one, why you want to be on podcasts. Number two, which ones make the most sense for you. Then step three is like being compelling and showing that host how you can give value to their audience. So once you demonstrate that, then you have an opportunity for them to be like, absolutely. I think my audience would love those topics. Come on. Let's have your story shared. So that's three is pitch. And then four is perform. Once they say yes, there can be this kind of like. Oh, crap moment of like, oh, they said yes. Now I have to like show up and be interviewed. So how do I do that well? And so we basically coach people how to prepare well without taking too much time. And like what kinds of stories to tell or like right now I'm demonstrating. I have a five-step framework. It makes sense for me in any given podcast is talking about guesting to talk about my framework, right? Because this is something the audience can take away and use and get a lot of value from. That's four is perform. That also includes like the call to action at the end. Uh, I kind of include in the perform side, this like relationship building with the host and making sure things like the iTunes reviews and and some of the other things we do there to build that relationship. So those are the first four steps. And then now you've got these podcasts getting published and released. Then there's that fifth P, which is profit. So I love conversation. I love being interviewed. But for my clients... I really want an ROI, right? And so to get an ROI, yeah. you have to be very intentional about, great, as these things are published and we have these great content out in the world, how do we leverage that to meet our business objectives? So step five goes all the way back to step one, is like, this is what we wanted out of this, and then like, this is how we're actually gonna get those results. So that's the five-step framework, and hopefully that gives like context for people of how to select or how to find the right shows is an important early part of that, but it's not actually the first step in the way that we lead people through it.
0: For me, I get, I get pitched whew, at least three times a day to have people come on the show and it's I do it's, too. And I only have
1: a podcast. That's how bad it yeah, is. Yeah.
0: There's constantly being pitched. I use for my guesting appearances. I use a lot of for my pitching, social media and mm-hmm. pod match. I know there's, there's like matchmaker.fm. There's a lot of different podcast guesting, like self-service platforms. Forms. Podmatch is the one that I like the best. And mm-hmm. if people are interested in learning more and signing up, you can go to pod uh slash podmatch. Love to have you sign up with my affiliate link. But I've been using them for the past, you know, two and a half years. I was using Podit before that. Now talk to us a little bit about doing it yourself, because like mm-hmm. you said, you have to have a good pitch. And then just if you're like I don't want to do this, why should somebody hire a service to pitch for them first tell me how I can have a good pitch so I can get on more podcasts and then we'll follow up with how can an agency help
1: absolutely I have impassioned opinions about podcast booking agencies well, let's set that aside first 1st just talk about like how do we pitch and this kind of goes back when I started doing this stuff with fire creek the first 12 shows I pitched I got on and they all said, yes, one email. I was kind of shocked by that. I think part of that was the timing. It was COVID. A lot of people were like, hey, we can't do anything. Let's like pile on new podcast interviews. But I was on like the Side Hustle Show and Bigger Pockets and Ultima on Digital Marketer. I was on some like sizable shows with this approach. Um, really what it comes down to, I talk about it in terms of an email. But to your point, like if you get this master email template, you can then take mm-hmm. that in different forms depending on you and your audience, right? It could be... You can take the email in chunks and do DMs on LinkedIn, as an example, or even a quick video on Loom and and send that to the host. Don't get married to the format or the the medium, but the structure of the the content is really important. We teach this, and the way I've always done this, is basically in three pieces. So if you think of an email, the first piece of it is relational anchor. It's the idea that if I'm reaching out to Katie and she doesn't know me, How am I going to immediately let her know I'm not a random weirdo from the internet? How am I not (laughs) one of those other three people that are pitching her cold? So the way that you do that is you have relational anchors or meaning like things that show that I'm not a stranger, things that show that I care about you. Uh, I'm probably going to flatter you if I can and talk about how much value I've gotten out of a specific episode or if we both live in the same state or I'm like... Hey, it's the Rocky mountain podcast. Hey, I was in Breckenridge last summer with my, you know, there's some connection to this host that you can make depending on how much bigger you feel like they are than than where you're at or whatever. You might put more effort into this than others, but at the basic level, a couple relational anchors, again, referencing an episode, not just generically picking, scraping the most recent episode and saying, I really enjoyed your episode of, and then put the title And We all get those emails. It's like the wrong font and all that, but legitimately looking at the other guests. And maybe I know one of the guests, or maybe there's a topic that means a lot to me because it's part of my like personal history or something and referencing that as like a relational reason to reach out. That's number one is relational anchor. Then you get right into the heart of the, the message, which is what's in it for the person reading it. That's the second section is what's in it for Katie. In this example, as a podcast host, what's in it for Katie is what's in it for her audience so in this scenario like it's all about how can dustin provide value to the rocky mountain marketing audience if i said hey i've got over 200 clients with podcast guesting i've generated over two million dollars for my snack stick brand with it i love to teach it and here's what i can teach your audience the simple 5p framework that you know and like this this podcast pitch framework which gives us you know 60 percent acceptance rates with a single outreach these types of bullet points would draw someone in and be like, wow, this is unique. It's curiosity inducing. This is compelling. Like basically you want the host to read this and be like, holy moly, Dustin just like wrote the show outline for me. This is gonna be a great episode. It makes it way easier for them to say yes. So that's the second piece is is like what's in it for the audience. Yeah, go ahead. This is
0: just the second piece. Yes. With these emails that you're sending, you've said, this is how I relate to you. Yes. and this is like our connection building this is a show that i've listened to in the takeaways i have these are the valuable tips that your audience is going to walk away with yep. we're only at the first two po- parts of these and, right. and these are for you've been on bigger pockets you've been on digital marketing podcasts those are some big podcasts with large reach Are you emailing the producer are you emailing the hosts are you just going to their podcast page to find how to get in touch with them i think that that is one aspect too where if you want to get on some of these bigger shows what you're laying out here dustin is it takes time you have to Mm -hmm. research who to get in touch with we've only touched two of the the piece
1: yeah. of the par- process. <laughs> yeah, I definitely want to address that. The, the third one's really simple because the third piece of the message is just a simple call to action, right? So we've laid out that we're not a random weirdo. We actually care about you. I know something about you. Then we transition in what's in it for your audience if you were to let me on your show and let me tell my message. And then it's a really simple call to action. I, I love to use, are you interested? With you know, simple, are you interested with the question mark? If you're reading that, it's hard to say no to. It's easy to say yes. Like, I'm not saying here's my link. Let's schedule an episode. It's like, are you interested? And you could then respond with no, but you're more likely going to say, tell me more, talk to my producer, go fill out this application. Let's have a discovery call. You have options for how to take the next step. I leave it as a very open door for you to communicate back that, yeah, this is interesting. Let's do this or let's move forward and whatever's most appropriate. So yes, the three pieces are the first time you ever do it, it takes some time and we coach people through it and we help them get really compelling bullet points for that middle piece that's really the key piece the great news is as long as you stay kind of in the same target market the second and third piece of that message remain identical right like you might customize a few of the bullets if like there's some nuance about the show but for the most part the value you're going to provide and the call to action stay the same what has to be customized each time is that opening part because i'm not going to have really any success yeah. if i send the same generic Opening paragraph to everyone. That I feel, I feel pretty passionate that you want to customize that. In the beginning, I did all that myself. Now I've got a virtual assistant that's very capable of doing that. I'm not having to do that on my own. But so let's set that aside. So we've got like this master template. We could use it in different formats. We could use it as DMs, as videos, however we want to present it to a given host. Your second, your follow-up question is a really good one. Is who do you actually send this to? Mm-hmm. Most of the time, I'm sending it directly to the host. And there's tools to find their email addresses, and, and we can talk about that if you want. In some cases, I am sending it to the producer, and It's it's usually pretty obvious if, if you go to their channel, or you listen to a show, or you look at their RSS feed, or you look at LinkedIn, or you look at the page on their website that hosts the show, they're probably going to either say, if they kind of lead with like, our producer is Jeremy, and Jeremy handles all our stuff, well, you, I want to reach out to Jeremy. If it's just If it's not that, then I'm probably going to just try to reach out to the host directly. I've had a lot of success with that. All the ones I've been on, I'd say like maybe 10% has been going to the producer. 90% has been going straight to the host. And I also want to say, just to make this really clear, what what I just described is for kind of higher value targets, if you will. Podcasts that you aren't just going to get an easy yes. I also Mm -hmm. use Podmatch. I love the software. I'm friends with Alex. I know you are too, the founder of it. I feel like if you're a beginner, especially, and you're like, I haven't ever been on a podcast or I've only been on a handful and you want to get in more reps, a service like that is like a matchmaking service, do that. You don't mm-hmm. even have to have a pitch, right? Basically you say, Hey, I can provide some value to your audience. You already know the host is looking for guests cause they're on the platform. It makes it way easier, yep. but once you kind of transcend that and there's like a specific show, they're like, man, if I could get on a digital marketer, like that would be huge. That's exactly what I want for my credibility or whatever my goals are. Well, they're not on pod match, right? So then you've got to use these other techniques. That's kind of like the graduate level is like doing the cold pitch to a big show, but there's definitely like lesser intimidating ways to get on shows that aren't like those kind of pinnacle shows that you're trying to reach.
0: And I think that too, with having, you should have a, a, I guess I want to say like a dream list,
1: Yes, exactly.
0: look at some podcasts, listen to them, like for me, I would love to go on the social media marketing podcast with Michael Stelzner. His podcast was the one I listened to that then led me to go to his event. And after that event, everything for my business changed. Being able to be like, look, I listened to your show. I went to your event and here I am four years later with a successful social media agency and it all started, you know? So, I mean, that would be like a dream podcast. And that
1: would be a very compelling pitch, right? That was actually basically my pitch to digital marketer it was like, Hey, in 2015, I went to my first digital marketing event. I was a full-time engineer in that room. I decided I want to do this full-time. It took me two years because I had a family and a, a, I was a sole breadwinner yeah. with three kids. But by 2017, I left engineering and did full-time digital marketing because of the spark that you guys provided. That was like the intro to the podcast It's like, I was a success story of digital marketer. And that's one of the best mm-hmm. relational anchors. Now we don't have A lot of those to draw from because how many astounding success stories do you have? You have a great one for social media marketing as an example. That's a great relational anchor who can compete with that. You literally, their podcast drove you (laughs) into this industry and now you have a very successful agency and you have your own podcast. Who would not want to interview someone who's one of their best case studies? That's a really great example of a a great Great. relationship. I know
0: what I'm doing after this episode. (laughs) Let's
1: draft that pitch to Michael. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, and man, Dustin, this episode has gone by so fast. This has been such a great conversation. I feel like we've only just like hit the tip of the iceberg with all of the great insights that one that you have on podcast guesting, but two on how podcast guesting really is a game changer and it opens up so many different opportunities for you. The biggest thing I would recommend for podcast guesting is to just have a good microphone. When I show up to a podcast, you know, like pre-call... And I show up with this. I feel like it's, well, it doesn't matter what she says. She knows what she's doing Yeah. and, and having the setup, just a good microphone. is going to do wonders for you getting on more shows, but make that dream list. You said that there's tools where you can find who to get in touch with. If you have a VA or an assistant that can be a task for them to do is to try and find the emails once you build out that template. It takes a little bit of work at the beginning, but I think build out that list get started on tools like Podmatch. i have a spotify playlist of all of my appearances so if you want to hear like three days worth <laughs> of katie Brinkley talking <laughs> you can but you can build that up so that way you can share your best episodes with these bigger podcasts yeah. dustin any final tips that you think that listeners should walk away with uh as we wrap up this episode i think
1: one because i know you have a lot of listeners who either have like agencies or they're entrepreneurs and they have They only got like a couple clients from the strategy. It would like make their year like they have these really high value clients. So like a strategy we didn't talk about, but something to kind of like leave people with thinking about is think about all the other guests on a given show and how they could feed your business. Right? So one of the strategies we use all the time is if we're on a podcast, we'll then look at who are all the previous guests and podcasts are evergreen, right? So there's like new people being interviewed all the time. So my virtual assistant, one of their key tasks is to like basically look through those those lists and, and keep looking at them and saying, who would be a great potential client? Who would be a great referral partner? And then the third bucket is like, who has a platform? Who has another podcast or who has a huge Instagram following or whatever is most appropriate for your business? you have a really warm reason to connect with that person and reach out this whole idea of networking the way that we like to set this up with people it's like a marketing flywheel it is a lot of effort those first five shows you have to cold pitch and you have to get this these reps in but the beautiful thing about this approach is once you get that going it actually builds its own momentum it's just awesome because it's like now i don't really pitch anyone i get on shows it's relationship driven because i've done it enough times i'm sure you have the same experience where now you're invited on or hey like you know, A strategy for you, the first thing I'd be looking at is, which shows have I been on that Michael Selzer's been on? And then that would be my opening line. Hey, Michael, I noticed you were on this show. I was on there, too. So great to be connected. You may not realize this, but your show actually inspired my entire entrepreneurial journey. We could write this pitch. But like that whole idea of looking at guest lists, that's like another reason we're talking about like why show selection. It could be the host, and it could be like their guest list. Man, if I was on that show, look at all the people that that would open up relationships to and that could be a really compelling thing. That would be my kind of my teaser for people to like really think a little deeper about podcast guesting opportunities and some of the ways you can leverage them.
0: Dustin, this has been such a great conversation. As you can tell, I love podcasting. So anytime I get to talk more podcasting on a podcast, <laughs> I'm very happy. So if if people want to connect with you further, they want to hear more of your your interviews or or learn more about your process, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? A
1: free resource I'd love for people to have. We talked quite a bit about this pitching thing. I find it's way easier to actually just see it in action or use a template. So if people go to podcast pitch playbook, it's a mouthful, but podcast pitch com, that's gonna take them to a page on my site where it's like an, an over the shoulder video of me creating a pitch from scratch and it's google docs of literally like my most successful pitches they can just copy and paste them as starting points so like the bigger pockets pitch is on there the shopify masters which is like the shopify podcast the actual pitches we wrote to get on those shows are there for people to copy and and use so podcast would be my call to action but aside from that uh, simplesuccesscoaching.com is our home base and uh very active on linkedin that's my social media platform of choice so if people look at my weird uh, last name i'm the only one on there that's dustin dustin reichman which is r-i-e-c-h if you ping me and connect on linkedin i'd love to have a conversation with people there
0: amazing well dustin this has been such a great conversation i can't wait to see you in orlando at podfest dustin and i are both speaking so if you have any interest in more you know podcast guesting uh, podcast hosts, podcast advertising all things podcasting, you should definitely check out PodFest and come see me and Dustin in real life. Dustin, I can't wait to see you in real life. Thank you again so much for coming on Rocky Mountain Marketing. It's
1: been my pleasure. I'll see you in Orlando.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. Make sure to subscribe so that you can continue navigating the world of entrepreneurship. And I'd love to hear from you. Please leave the show a review and connect with me on social media. You can find me on Instagram at I am Katie Brinkley. Or connect with me on LinkedIn. And if you're ready to start making some sales on social media, be sure to grab my free guide to selling in the DMs without being sparing. You can get that at katiebrinkley.com. Let's keep taking your marketing to all new heights.